Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Sorry to Bother You. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that there may be plot spoilers. Enjoy. Hello, you beautiful horseman. <laughs> beautiful Jack Horseman. That was a show, right? <laughs> that was a show. That was a show. Now, before we start, the first and most important thing today is that I am not a, to say is that I am not a cat. <laughs> you are not a cat. I you am are... not a cat. The famous words of Richard Nixon. There's been some great lawyer content, hasn't there, recently? Yep. It's all about lawyers today. Lawyers are doing very well out of the pandemic, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, you've got terrible Trump lawyer in impeachment. You've got... Who, Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> that was the first one. And Ooh. now you've got, you've got uh, the second fella in the impeachment, in the actual impeachment trial. Booby Giuliani. Um, <laughs> and then you've obviously got cat lawyer. Um, unfortunately, not a cat who is also a lawyer, but a fella who accidentally left a cat filter on and couldn't turn it off on a Zoom call. To be honest, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to have something like that come out. I mean, we've all had the, you know, parish council meetings and people swearing and stuff, but yeah, no, we've waited this long for the cat filter. Yeah, there has been other things similar before, hasn't there? But this one is definitely the best example of the hilarity that can ensue from online meetings yeah and you could you you, know, you could change your background and leave your background to an embarrassing photo or you know just have a picture of your embarrassing house behind you that you can't change which is my situation because i have to work <laughs> in the bedroom <laughs> yeah i um i i live in a one bed place and to say that the lack of space has been annoying in lockdown is a bit of an understatement oh yeah you um, always do the podcast from bed so it's, it's been covered on I our do. show multiple times before, but you, you're always like <laughs> lying down in bed when I call you, and I'm yes, like yeah. sat here at my desk like a pro. But you're just like lying down, <laughs> down in bed, I'm lying, uh, I'm lying down, in dangling bed. the microphone vaguely close to your face. Yeah, and I, I hope that that's how you do all your work calls as well. Well, um, for for work, I work from the dining table. So here's here's uh, through the keyhole of of. No, I've never seen that show. I don't know what it is. We we talked about this. Some of our listeners will will have will have. Yeah, Um, if they're old. So you enter you enter my house, and then you've got the room. There are there are three rooms in the house plus a bathroom, but there is the 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 Wizoian main room, which is the lounge slash dining area. Um, which has a sofa, a television, and a tiny dining table. That tiny dining table is the desk of both myself and my partner. Um, and it is about a foot away 
at most from the sofa where we spend our evenings relaxing in lockdown it is far from an ideal situation for homework i know that some people you know do have it worse if they live in you know a a flat share or a studio place where they really don't have that space but it's it's pretty close to that where we are um and then for podcasting i go upstairs to the bedroom You know, it's like the thing they say about London, that you're never more than six feet away from a rat. In your house, you're never more than a foot away from a cat. (laughs) That's true. She does just follow me everywhere. Um, Yeah, I do have to. There there is, of course, I can't remember what episode it is, but it's one of our earlier episodes where (laughs) some of the audio was lost because she managed to pull out a cable. Oh God! If you yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't remember which episode that was. Halfway through recording, or maybe not halfway through. Um, but yes, we lost we lost some of it. So I always try and keep her away if I can. I feel like we still got most of that comedy gold, whatever it was. <laughs> most <laughs> yeah. of that insightful criticism of whatever of film, what, whatever fucking movie that was. Yeah. Um. So, but we've got a good movie this time, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, anything's going to be a good movie after the the movie we watched last week. But this is actually a very good movie. It is. It is. Um, and you had never seen it before. I had not. No, I've been meaning to watch it since it came out. I just never got round to it. But it looked. It, I thought it looked really good and right up my street as a sort of anti-capitalist, sat, sort of vaguely dystopian, satirical thing. That's that's the kind of thing that I really like. I just, um, you know, you had to kind of pick the right moment. So I'm glad that my dad requested it because um, it pushed me to watch it, and I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah, so I um, I had seen it before. Um, and very much enjoyed it um and it's great on a second watch as well so sorry to bother you <laughs> is a very good movie did you so you saw it when it first came out so i didn't see it when it first came out but relatively uh it was last year i watched it i think it was cool it came out in 2018 so it's relatively recent but given that about 15 years have passed since 2020 it doesn't necessarily feel like it's new anymore does it <laughs> um no it's uh yeah but it's it's very recent by our standards yeah well sometimes <laughs> we talk about a proper podcast. yeah <laughs> yeah Eurotrip. we haven't done anything really old for a while i think that maybe should be where we go next but it's nice to talk about something new for once Yes, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um it's uh yeah, and it's it's a it's a really interesting movie, isn't it? It's a fascinating, clever, hilarious film with a genuine well, a, a variety of genuinely interesting messages behind it. Yeah, 100%. And I'm really glad that you brought up that it's funny because even though it's in, it's incredibly dark, and has a really, really strong kind of activist message. It's there, there are moments that are laugh out loud funny. And often in those kind of films, if you try to punctuate it with humour, it doesn't work. Or the humour comes across as it, it's gratuitous, and it's too gross or too goofy or too just downright stupid. Or, yeah, it ends up being nasty or, um, you know, a, a bit over the top. But in this case... The moments that make you laugh out loud are over the top, but they get the tone just perfectly right. And that kind of, it puts you at ease with the film while still providing a contrast to its darker moments that provides that tension that makes you think, oh yeah, I'm so gripped by this. Yeah, there's there's a genuine threat, isn't there, in this film? Um, 
alongside the kind of satirical comedy, which I think really helps um, keep you enthralled, not just in the sort of um, thematic and ideological elements of it, but also in that that key character-driven plot. And it, I think that really helps marry the two elements together incredibly well when it could have been quite a disjointed experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's even laugh out loud funny that one of the main characters is called Steve Lift. <laughs> yes. There's some there's some good names in this, isn't it? Not not just funny names, but some genuinely genuinely good names. Um, you know, our, our our main character is Cassius Green, which is a wonderful name. Yeah. Um, played expertly by Lakeith Stanfield, who's someone that I really love. Yeah. Um, he's he's incredibly great in everything I've seen him in. Um, and he's been in stuff that I I really enjoy. So um, he is actually the voice of someone in BoJack Horseman, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Um, but um, for me, at least, um, you know, he's got that that great um, that great uh, role in Get Out. Um, I've still not bit. seen that. Oh, oh, Paddy, that's supposed Get to be on. very good. Um, it's it's wonderful, um, and uh, also he's got he's got that great role in Knives Out as well. Which um, I've also not seen. This is just going to be a parade of films that I've not seen. I'm sure you're next going to mention start. that he's in Uncut Gems, which I've not seen, <laughs> but I know is good because Adam Sandler's in it and people say that it's good. So it, therefore it's good. And we're going to watch it when we do Sandluary or however we're going to play that one. <laughs> Whatever it is. Sand um, August? Sandtober? I'm just going to start naming movies that don't exist and you can say I've never seen it. Yep. <laughs> Sandtember. That's got to be it. Sandtember, okay, okay. We'll see if anything else comes out in September. We Smooth by Sandtember featuring he's, Rob Thomas. He's also in the extremely bad American film version of Death Note. Um, oh, that's supposed to be awful. <laughs> yeah, and I, I watched it, and I actually secretly kind of love it. Um, yeah, there's something is it really a entertaining. Piece? It is a genuine shit piece. Um, so yeah, we should we should maybe not watch it for the podcast. There is some romance, but maybe not enough for us to talk about. But um, it's yeah. a it's a genuine shit piece directed by Adam Wingard, who's I a director. About to say, your main man. You yeah, I really guy. love him. You know, he did Your Next. He did The Guest. Two wonderful movies. He's also doing Godzilla vs. Kong. He's the guy behind that. Wow. That's a film that. that we needed. Um, and also, he kind of looks like if friend of the podcast, Rod Sh- Rob Sherman, had a terrible goatee. Rod Sherman. <laughs> Rod Sherman. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I was just looking at his Wikipedia f- picture and thinking, oh, he looks like kind of a new metal guy. Yeah, new, new metal Rob Sherman. Yeah. Rod Sherman with two Ds for Rod. <laughs> Rod and Todd Sherman. <laughs> they were the Todd other Sherman. two guys in Papa Roach. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, Adam Wingard directed the, the Death Note movie. It's quite bad, but there's something slightly magical about it, um, which maybe I don't think everybody... Um, got but i think there's this kind of tongue-in-cheek element to it which works quite well in spite of all of the awfulness um so is it a live action film it is a live action film i mean i think if Um, you're making a live action film of a manga that people really really love you can't win can you i mean no there's no way you can possibly win um Uh, are there any examples of that where it's been good uh detective pikachu oh well yeah 
I've not seen that either. <laughs> Which I know it's not from a manga, but there is Pokemon manga. Um, we'll allow it. So we'll allow it. Because it's um, our show and we can do whatever we like. Uh, let's have a little look at manga live action adaptations. Welcome to the, the manga live action adaptation podcast. That would actually be a good, um, good concept for a show. <laughs> Yeah, we could do that. Not so for, the, obviously, not for us, the maybe the like famous... my knowledge of manga isn't deep enough. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I, I know a little bit. I don't read a lot of manga. I mean, I there's some some artists that I really like, like Junji Ito. Yeah, um, yeah. I adore one of the greatest horror writers um, and horror minds ever. In my, you opinion. gave me his cat book, which yes. is very good. Um. And uh, there's been some bad adaptations of his work, which have been live action. Um, and maybe you need to draw a line between Japanese adaptations mm. and Western adaptations. Yeah, I meant Western it, adaptations. Because <laughs> if you're looking at Western adaptations, you've got obviously Dragon Ball Evolution, that apparent monstrous shit piece. Um, I've not seen it. as I used to love Dragon Ball when I was a kid. Yeah, me um, too. And even I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch that. Um, you've got Alita Battle Angel, which apparently is quite good. That came out at some point a couple of years ago. That's um, a James Cameron joint. Yeah, right. yeah. He did He did some... Um, uh, I'm not sure if he was the director, but I think he was the producer on it or something like that. Um, right. you, you had the Ghost in the Shell um, adaptation with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, which is... nobody minded about that. There was no no controversy or anything. <laughs> there was no controversy. Nobody cared who that. was playing the main role. <laughs> yeah, which is um, I watched it. It's boring. Um, it's it's not awful. It's just there, and you you spend the whole time watching it, thinking, why am I not watching one of the animated adaptations instead? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's not that's not great. And then there's the constant failed attempts to create a, a live action Akira, isn't there? That has that ever actually gotten off the ground though? No, <laughs> it's they've been trying to do it for years. Um, and what people don't realise is that Akira is a is a movie I absolutely love. Um, it's I've never amazing. Actually, I've never actually read the manga. Um, no, me neither. About I, f- it, twenty books on there. <laughs> Yeah, and it's been sitting in. They've been sitting in my Amazon wish list for about a decade, maybe longer. Um, and it, I'm just every so often I'm like, shall I pick this up? And I'm like, mm, probably not, because if I buy one, I'll probably end up buying all twenty at some point, and I don't want to do that. Um, but the movie was the most expensive animated movie ever made at the time of its release in the eighties. Um, yeah, and you think that's the amount of effort that got put into making an animated version how much do you think will need to be spent to make a live action version of this um you know it's gonna 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 cost an awful lot um you've also got uh the guyver which is um stars mark hamill in a rare huh. non star wars non batman role um and it's based. It's a. It's a. It's a sort of loosely based on the the manga of the same name. Came out in the early nineties, which again I've never seen. But I don't know if people enjoyed that or not. I've never. Heard I haven't of that. heard. I haven't heard people calling it a monstrosity in the same way that they do, um, uh, like Dragon Ball, for instance. Um, and then I think the only other one I can think of is I think Edge of Tomorrow was based on a manga, wasn't it? Yeah. I've not seen that either. Which is Tom Cruise relives Groundhog Day with guns. <laughs> I think it's, it's, he's got a robot suit 
and there's there's guns. Minority then... Groundhog Report. <laughs> Minority, yeah. Uh, Mission Mission Groundhog, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's based on um, all you need is kill. Is that? Um, which I think is like a sort of, um, I guess the what you would actually call a graphic novel, which is a, a phrase that I know you despise. Uh, um, I, I'm not as down on it as some of my friends and because it's yeah, because it's, it's not it's not quite a, a comic, is it? It's kind of like a a novel, but with illustrations. I think I'm not sure if there's really much of an equivalent um, in in sort of Western. Um, yeah, in in sort of Western there's someone markets. out there with a PhD like me in this shit who really cares about what that's called and will tell you about it. I don't care what it's called. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so, so glad. So I'm do not you in not mind? <laughs> do you not mind if I refer to uh, a comic as a graphic novel? No, it's fine. It means a comic that's a book that's in a yeah. book format. That's all it means. Yeah. So so I think I think yeah, graphic novels. Um, for me at least, I wouldn't consider a volume of a comic book a graphic novel so i wouldn't pick up say volume one of the walking dead or 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 watchman for instance i would not pick up watchman and say this is a graphic novel because it was initially a comic yeah but the the single issue the single issue comics are comics they're floppies but if you collect them all into a book that's a graphic novel and sometimes known as a trade paperback as well but i but i wouldn't call that a graphic novel um I, I when i think of a graphic novel i think of like a you think of a standalone, a standalone work a standalone work like some of neil gaiman's stuff um is standalone it wasn't released as a as a comic series it is a, a standalone thing released in one piece whereas i i consider if it was initially released as a comic you walk into a comic book shop you pick it out you take it over to the desk the person behind the counter sneers at you for your <laughs> terrible decision making regardless of what you've picked up you could pick up his favorite comic of all time and he'd still think yep. you're a fucking outsider to this community get out i'll take you and then the year after that out. that person is appointed the comics laureate by a totally non-corrupt <laughs> body yes exactly um but yeah so for me if it if it if at any point you have been sneered at for buying something 20 pages long by a man who hates you that's not a graphic novel that's comics <laughs> that's comics <laughs> but equally if you have bought something that's 100 pages long and someone sneered at you that's a graphic novel <laughs> yeah <laughs> the only difference is the length you, you're getting yeah, sneered only... at either way because it's got pictures in it and yeah, you're not a baby what, what... Whatever the there's like a Mac, there's like a um a min max isn't there? It's it's whatever the original work is. If it's go up to a certain number of pages, I'd consider it a a comic. But if it's a standalone thing, then it's a graphic novel. That's that's how I see it. Yeah. Um, comics fans, please feel free to write in and tell me why I'm wrong. Either because I'm elitist for using the term graphic novel or because I'm elitist for using the term comic. Feel Either free way, to tell me and I'll just ignore you because I don't give a fuck. I run a <laughs> I, comics I, publisher and we put comics out and we just call them comics or books and that's what we do. So fuck off. <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because comics, you think, you know, oh, comics, they're fun. No, there's fucking millions of different strands of comic communities and they all hate each other so yeah. much it's wonderful um whereas i'm just like 
oh, that looks good. I'll get that. Oh, Batman's doing something silly. I'll also get that. <laughs> oh, this is a really sad comic about a, a director who's slowly dying. About a sad I'll Batman. also read that. Yeah, a sad Batman who's slowly dying. <laughs> it's funny um, you should talk yeah. about this, actually, because Sorry to Bother You feels like the kind of thing that could have been adapted from a comic, but obviously wasn't. But I think it has a bit of a comic book feel to it, and I'd be interested to know if Boots Riley is a comic book fan. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean there, actually. Um, it's It's got that kind of eccentricity, and I think particularly with the way that the pacing works as well, um, it really does have this quite... It jumps around quite a lot, and it moves from idea to idea very quickly. So I can... I, I, I agree, actually. It does feel like a comic book adaptation of a, of a comic book that never existed, almost. And there are so many images... Um where like if you were to take a standalone shot or take stills from the film they would say so much and so much is packed into them that you could imagine that working on a comic book page as well um it definitely has that that kind of um there's a, a quality of visual storytelling to it that is really a cut above a lot of films, especially a lot of similar films. And that's not just down to Boots Riley as director, it's down to the cinematographers and director of photography and everyone else. But it's really, really fantastic. I'm thinking in particular of, you know, towards the the very end when he's um, he's been arrested and he's like in the van and then he, he comes to and he's seeing kind of the the riot happening through like a little slot through the back of the police van and it's just like your your view is kind of cut off where you see the horse guys running through and it's just it's such an amazing shot yeah no definitely it's full of those real really visually impactful moments isn't it um and i think yeah that really it really creates this wonderful world and like often when you talk about world building um you sort of think you you mean it in a very sort of law heavy way don't you when you talk about world building in films but here it creates this 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 place one step away from where we are now and it does so without dumping information at you but instead it's this atmosphere and just these elements you know this is a movie that ends with a horse people revolution uh you know but but you are you are immersed in it and over it over its runtime you 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 grow and understand this this adjacent world to our own and you know the 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 issues that are impacting on this world are exactly the same as ours even if there are mutant horse people and there are mutant horse people (laughs) yeah but they they don't appear until kind of the last quarter of the film when you suddenly have this sick moment of him discovering them in like a basement jail toilet in steve lift's house (laughs) which is really quite shocking isn't (laughs) it yes yeah it's a it's a um it's a really grotesque body horror scene so obviously i loved it um yeah i I knew as soon as the horse guys appeared that you were gonna you were gonna be happy with this film (laughs) oh this this is why rob likes this movie so much it's got horsemen in it um yeah yeah um and um obviously the the main villain of the piece is played by army hammer yeah um who's currently the main villain of the internet it might seem (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, uh, I, apparently there's some other big story about him that's going to drop at the moment. Um, we, we know about the sort of direct messages and the reported, um, abusive moments that he's had in relationships with people and things like that. Um, and I, I guess, I guess he's good casting as a sleazy rich white man. 
He's um, very good at but, that. But I think that the the whole army hammer thing is very odd because I think there's this there's this element of it which is like, oh, he's talking about cannibalism. That's really funny. And like it's meme worthy and people sharing these things and going, oh my God, army hammer's going to eat me. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 a bit of a joke to be had and all. But if you look at some of the other things that he's reportedly been doing, they're incredibly disturbing um, sort of abuse and manipulation, really. Um, and I think, you know, I think we need to separate out the funny, mean-worthy worthy stuff from the the actual quite dangerous things that he's reportedly been doing. Yeah, it's really um, fucked you know, up. It's extremely, extremely messed up. Um, so, fuck you, Army Hammer. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck off. You know what is hilarious? Army Hammer's great-granddad was also called Armand Hammer, like him. And in the 1980s, owned a considerable amount of stock in Church and Dwight, which is the company that manufactures Arm & Hammer products, including Arm & Hammer baking soda, which you may be familiar with, although it's an American brand. Yes, I do know, I do know um, Arm & Hammer. But the um, name didn't come from it. It's just no, a coincidence. It's just, just coincidental. Or do That's you not think real. That... I refuse to believe that's a real thing that happened. Do you, do, do you think that, though, that somewhere in the reptilian brain of this billionaire granddad he was like oh the the name's kind of similar to my own i'm going to invest my stonks in that yeah i think that's exactly what happened do you reckon that's what happened because being rich makes you mad i think is quite a obvious fact at this point yeah anyone who's interested in the stonks is a maniac (laughs) if you you become a weirdo if you get too rich you see it time and time again um the guy who invented minecraft sitting alone in his candy mansion tweeting bigoted nonsense <laughs> all day um jk rowling oh, after creating a beloved um magic world after de- kids defining world. reading and books for a generation then yeah has no reason at all whatsoever to be on social media or to have any kind of public life is set for life and could completely live in peace chooses to just like tweet transphobic bullshit all the time yeah decides you know what i'm gonna make trans people's lives harder and that's what i'm going to have as my legacy um and yeah so i reckon maybe armand hammer senior decided you know what I'm rich, therefore I'm a fucking weird human being. Let's invest my money in this company that makes a product that sounds a bit like my name. Yeah, that's that's a rich that's person the, move, that's isn't the, it? That's the scientific facts behind this. That's that's the real history. Yeah. Um. Look at look at Elon Musk. Look at what Elon Musk does for just for, for fun, fun. <laughs> when he's like Dogecoin. Let's do it. Um. Or or launching a car into space. Or setting his stock price to four twenty. <laughs> That's something else he did, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Look at uh, Jeff Bezos. I mean, he is a genuinely, <laughs> exactly like Lex Luthor. He is a genuine <laughs> maniac. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping now that he's stepping back from Amazon, that he's going to devote time to becoming a true comic supervillain instead of just a realistic supervillain who's destroying people's lives through capitalism yeah at least use that money to build a space laser or something exactly i want to see him aiming a massive gun at the moon and i want to see that happen this year come on jeff bezos (laughs) (laughs) we know you listen every week (laughs) 
I want him to terrorize Seattle with a giant robotic crab. Come on. Come on, Jeff. Yeah, we know you've got the money. Get on it. You've got the money. You've got all the money. Just do it. Yeah. Take take us on. What kind of maniac are you? <laughs> and, and I was I was thinking this is um how boring rich people are. You know, they're all weird, boring human beings. This is a very anti-capitalist um, episode, it turns Well, good, because that's I think... the theme of the film, and that's what we are, so good. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I was thinking this, because you, you look at Jeff Bezos. He's got enough money to build a fucking second planet Earth, if he wanted to. Yeah. But what does he do? He just sits around all day doing nothing. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> What, what can you imagine having a conversation with Mark Zuckerberg? Oh God! Well, no, I can't because he's not human. Have you seen him? <laughs> um, or like the perfect example of this is um, there is a a Formula One driver, um, or he's going to be a Formula One driver this year called Nikita Mazepin. Um, he is the most hated man in Formula One because he's not very good. He's made his way into Formula One because his dad is a Russian billionaire. And he was, uh, he wasn't just videoed groping a woman. He groped a woman and then posted the video himself on Instagram. <laughs> Lovely. Um, he's a real piece of shit. And I was thinking the other day, you know, this guy has unlimited resources. His dad is a big old Russian billionaire. He's one of the richest people in the world. But he's so shit at driving a car. <laughs> And I was thinking, I was just thinking, look, if you had all this money behind you, literally you could devote your entire time to being a Formula One mm. driver. How are you so shit? Like, you've got unlimited resources. How are you so shit at the one thing you've decided you want to do with your life? I think there's so much as someone who, you know, really, really wants to do a lot of things with my life and has very, very limited time. Like, I'm, I'm trying to write another novel at the moment. And I have no fucking time to do it. Like, there are guitars sitting around that I don't play. And I just think about, like, if I didn't have to work, you know, obviously I'm raising a child as well, which takes up a lot of my time, and that's, that's very important. But, like, if I had money enough that I didn't have to, like, actually work a day job, my God, I could get so good at so many things, you know, by actually not even necessarily devoting that much time to it. But, like, you know... You have unlimited time and resources. As you say, how can you be so bad at this? <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. How can it's you like, be so um, bad at building a gun to shoot at the moon, Jeff Bezos? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, you've got, if you've got those resources, if you've got that time, how can you be so shit at it? You must be so disappointed disappointing to everyone around you nikita mazepin you must really disappoint your billionaire russian dad that he's looking at you and thinking my son lewis hamilton came from nothing and is now the most successful formula one driver of all time why did you only come fifth in the feeder series to formula one why are you so shit at driving a car <laughs> Nikita Mazepin, if you're listening, no, you listen every answers week. on a postcard, please. <laughs> Tell us why are you so shit? Do you just not put in the effort, or are you just really bad at driving, but have overcome that with your dad's billions? Of course, he doesn't put in any effort. That's the thing about rich people; they don't think they need to put in any effort. They think that everything just happens. <laughs> everything just happens. Boris Johnson, the most incompetent uh, politician in the UK in history, is kind of has kind of stumbled his way into being prime minister at the worst possible time for our country in the middle of two crises and is just fucking it up. One of which is of um, his own making. <laughs> which is of his own making. And you just think, yeah, 
how are you so bad at this boris what else have you been spending your time on apart from being good at politics it's literally all you've wanted to do since you were two years old yeah how are you so bad at it it's because he spent most of his life writing bullshit fake news columns about brussels for the times (laughs) um yeah rich people why are you so bad at why are you like this why are you like why have you disappointed us all like you going back to this is a very comics heavy episode going back to comics batman i mean that's a that's a rich person who devoted his time into doing something yeah that's true you know you it's not it's not the it's not the best use of his time or money he could have done so much more with that time and money but at least he put the effort in into becoming a batman and punching people in the face you know what he and could have done with that money, money is to build a baseball pitch in his garden for ghosts <laughs> exactly what he should have done um but (laughs) yeah like batman at least he he took his goal and he ran with it and he's good at it um nikita mazepin why are you so bad (laughs) jeff bezos why have you not built a space laser elon musk why do your cars catch on fire elon musk Um, why are you and jeff bezos not like fighting it out in the middle of the sea in giant transformer robots for our entertainment (laughs) That's what we want. That's what we need. We want what's what's that movie about the big robots that fight? Pacific Real Rim? Steel. <laughs> real no Pacific Rim. Real is Steel. It. That's, yeah, Real Steel. Um, Hugh Jackman is a robot um, coach. Uh, I've never heard of this film. You are making this up. You're. <laughs> I'm not. You're making this up because you know I haven't seen anything. <laughs> no, it is okay. Right, I'm going to describe this to you because it's amazing real steel is a science fiction sports drama starring hugh jackman <laughs> yeah you mean the greatest showman um, the greatest, science fiction right, sports the drama showman. um so uh yeah so um humans are replaced by robots in boxing so it's these big old boxing robots and hugh jackman i think is like the coach to one of these robot boxers what um <laughs> It's amazing. This, that genuinely is like worse than any of the film ideas that we've come up with, including <laughs> Lit Men. How dare you? How dare you? Um, so, um, yeah, okay, so so here's the... Like that here's is a million the, times worse than Wizard Cop. Here's the IMDb uh, description. In the near future, robot boxing is a top sport. <laughs> a struggling ex-boxer feels he's found a champion in a discarded robot. We would How write that. that. I feel How like someone stole this idea from us, even though I don't remember us coming up coming <laughs> up with it. Maybe, maybe we, um, maybe we came up with it, and someone took it from the future, yeah, and came back and made it. Um, Hugh Jackman's a time sh- traveler. I knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's amazing. I really, I love it so much. Um, I've not watched it though. It's one of those things that's been on my list to watch. It's got a really good rating on IMDb, and I think it reviewed really well Ooh. too. Um, so, all right <laughs> yeah, then. Real. This episode brought to you by Real Steel. Um, anyway, uh, billionaires bad, capitalism bad. Sorry to bother you, good. Yeah, and it's very very good at getting that across in a way that never comes across as preachy. Um, but has this kind of perfect activist undertone. And yeah, I thought that was really, really effective. Yeah. Um, and I think the most powerful thing about this movie is the way that it intersects the problems of capitalism and the problems of white supremacy 
in the United States. Mm. Um, and it's two issues that are, that are intertwined, um, universally intertwined. Um, it's the way that, that capitalism exploits racism and racism feeds off capitalism. Um, and it's really powerful and emotive the way that this movie, um, really manages to capture capture the essence of that argument really yeah really amazing and actually like yeah there's this whole thing about he he works in telemarketing and he has to put on his white voice to do the selling and the white voice is done by david cross who you'll be familiar with from the alvin and the chipmunks franchise (laughs) how did um, i know you were going to say that I was reading earlier about David Cross, a thing he said in 2012 about Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked, which I think was the third film in the franchise. Um, he said it was one of the worst experiences he had ever had in a film. I oh, know. Okay. It's from the yeah Hollywood Reporter. Cross, who was raised Jewish, called filming the third installment of the Chipmunks franchise the most miserable experience I ever had in my professional life. He complained of being forced at legal gunpoint to spend a week on a carnival cruise to shoot scenes dressed in a pelican costume. <laughs> Just wanted to drop that in there. That is beautiful. No, on a serious note, I think David Cross is very, very funny. Um, yeah, I And agree. the first time you hear him doing the white voice, it's a, like a laugh out loud moment. Yes, yeah. It works incredibly well and it it, it feeds in seamlessly. And I think, you know, you've got those great, um, the, the white voices are great. You know, you've also got Patton Oswalt and Lily James, yeah, um, as as other examples of the white voices within um, within this movie. Um, and I think, yeah, it's um, it's 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 really well done, and I think it really gets to the the heart of the matter incredibly well, doesn't it? But I think the whole cast is um, is is excellent. You know, you've got um, Tessa Thompson, who I know that yeah. She's you're fantastic. a fan of as well she's phenomenal in everything um and yeah it was absolutely great in this as well um, we saw her Terry in Cruz, dear course. white people on this show yes oh, yeah. yeah that's right that's right um you've got terry cruz as well of course underused um, i'm just gonna say it but underused, i'm never yeah. satisfied with the amount of terry cruz in a film <laughs> no have you watched brooklyn 99 yeah I've, I've seen it here and there i've sort of i've never sat down and watched a bunch of it but sometimes i catch it when it's on and i'm like hey this is funny i should watch more of this and then, and then you know you it's time to do parenting again <laughs> it, it it is funny and i think there's a very interesting argument to be had about a light-hearted sitcom about the police and yeah particularly given the state of the police in the united states and is is it propaganda and i think the the the, the actual creators and the cast um they haven't actually made any since last year's events of Black Lives Matter protests, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that they're actually going to focus on. And, and there are a few episodes here and there which talk about the relationship between race and the police in the United States. And it's always very interesting when it goes there, but it's going to be fascinating to see what they do and how far they push it because it's a pretty safe television show, um, all things considered. Um, it doesn't rock the boat too much, but I think we might see them rocking the boat a little bit more with this next season. Um, but yeah, Terry, Terry Crews is amazing in that. It's, he's got a very prominent role and it's great to see him more. And again, yeah, we'd like to see him more in this. Um, but also, you know, you'd like there to be more like Danny Glover in there, Stephen Yuen as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, n- no one's in it as much as you want them to be, which I think is just testament, testament to how good everyone is in this film and how well cast they were. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's not a slight on the film in any way. It's just that it had a really great cast. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And everyone's doing such an incredible job. 
um it's uh it's yeah it's really good really good yeah Stephen ewan is in the um the walking dead show he is he is and um, i saw him in oak jar as well did you see that i haven't seen oh that, it's amazing it's let's see i've seen a thing that you haven't seen <laughs> i think i wished it before <laughs> my son was born but it's it's really really good really fantastic oh brilliant i watched it again um, it's yeah, about I've, I've not quite like things. pig humans, but it's about like a super pig. I think you could get down with that. Oh, super pig. I'm on board with that, definitely. And it's directed by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, definitely on, definitely on board with that. And stars Paul Dano, among other people. Uh, our, our beautiful moon-faced boy. Yeah. Um, He's in something that's meant to be incredible, isn't it? Um, Minari. Ruby Sparks. Ruby Sparks. No, I'm talking about Stephen Yuen. Yeah. Oh, um, um, I don't know. Uh, so it, it's this. It's this um, film called Minari, which uh, is about a, a Korean family family that starts a farm in Arkansas, um, and it's meant to be absolutely exceptional. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's actually made it over here or not yet. Um, but um, but yeah, that's been getting loads of wonderful buzz around it and his performance in particular has been getting lots of plaudits so uh yeah come on lad we love you steve yeah friend of the podcast <laughs> friend of the podcast we're dubbing you a friend of the podcast <laughs> if we like you you're a friend of the podcast if we don't you're an enemy of the podcast yeah <laughs> if we don't you're a, an enemy of the podcast and a friend of jeff bezos <laughs> <laughs> and exactly he's going right. to fire you into the moon he's going to fire you into the moon using his best mates moon car uh space car, <laughs> car. um paul yeah. dano is going to be in the batman which they're filming right oh, now is he who is as, he going to play as the riddler in... he's the riddler in the batman is he yeah um see paul dano paul dano is a man i like um he's in a wonderful movie um from denis villeneuve called prisoners um i feel which... like you've mentioned this on the show before Oh, have I? It's uh, a film I really love. It's actually my favourite film of his, which is surprising given that um, he's also made uh, incredible movies like Blade Runner 2049. But Prisoners, mm. I still think, is his best work. And it's this really great mystery about uh, someone's uh, missing daughter. So Hugh Jackman's daughter's gone missing. Um, her best friend went missing at the same time. And it's about... He's like a sort of survivalist and it's about his relationship with the police whether he trusts the police and these um you know the 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 hidden secrets of a small town but also more than that it's about sort of media perceptions and public perceptions of people who sit outside of the norm and paul dano plays this this quiet strange guy who owns a dirty van and so obviously they think that he's the person who's kidnapped these kids right um, and it's it's a really fascinating movie i don't want to say more than that about it but it's um yeah it's really great and one of the best endings i've ever seen in a movie it's oh it's so good so watch prisoners also watch real steel i've not seen it (laughs) but it's got big punching robots so it's definitely good um and of course watch sorry to bother you (laughs) yeah do if you haven't seen it it's it's really really good and really worth your time it's it's on netflix so you've got no excuse but it, it it is brilliant as like an anti-capitalist piece, but also as a genuinely gripping um, like drama as well. I was I was really really gripped throughout. Were you? 
yeah no i i was um i couldn't tear my eyes away and it was the same the second time watching it as well um you know it's got a a, a wonderful plot um some great character relationship work as well um mm. and it's got this sort of mystery to uncover um but it's all it's all perfectly wrapped up in the themes as well you know often often when movies they have these kind of thematic strengths behind them they find it hard to deliver a, a, a strong plot alongside it that really works in tandem with the message it's trying to convey um but um but here in, in sorry to bother you it does it wonderfully yeah it really really does it's it's really really well executed and as you say the romance really really works as well um you really believe their relationship and there's a point at which the um, she's talking about him to i think it's Stephen ewan whose character is squeeze is that his name squeeze, squeeze. yeah squeeze <laughs> and um she says that um cash her, her boyfriend our main man she says he's real you know, he's not like all these like bougie white art people because she's an artist and she's got her gallery show coming up and and whatever and she's going to do some weird art shit um, and then she's putting on a white voice at the gallery so you end up with this um, uh, it's not long after that scene where she's she's said that like he's real it turns out that he's being really really fake because he's chilling for Am- for Amazon basically the, the corporation that's called Worry Free that is basically Amazon. Um, through his telemarketing job and but she's also being fake and the film sort of asks you but doesn't necessarily provide the answer to the question of is what he's doing more fake than what she's doing like like putting on the white voice to sell art to rich white people like and it kind of yeah the film asks you some tough questions but ultimately it's about whether cash is going to do the right thing and then he does so it ends up really uplifting whilst also providing a really really strong capitalist message anti-capitalist message a strong pro-capitalism message. strong pro-capitalism message capitalism makes horse people and no one gives a shit therefore it's good <laughs> capitalism makes horse people horse people are really cool go and buy amazon products you hogs <laughs> why would you not want a horse people <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah no I, I i completely agree plus the bonus of there being horsemen um what did you think of the sudden introduction of horse people it really, really shocked me, honestly. It really, really took me by surprise. Like, you knew there was going to be some grim shit when he walked into that basement. It was like, the, you knew the film was taking a turn at that point. But, um, you, you know, you didn't think you could see anything more shocking than, like, a room full of white people chanting rap, rap, rap at a black man and then him having to get up and rap and say the N-word to make white people cheer. And it occurs not long after that really, really dehumanising moment. And you're just like, oh wow this is actually really horrible (laughs) yes yeah and you think you know it's a special kind of movie actually where the the scene where there's a terrifying basement full of tortured horse people is not the most awkward scene in the film no not at all (laughs) um you know that they've achieved something special when that's the case um but in the back of my mind i I didn't think this the first time around but maybe it's just that i'd rewatched the thick of it more recently but um, when the whenever there's talk about the horse people, it just makes me think of the quiet bat people yeah. in the thick of it. <laughs> the quiet horse people. Quiet horse people. Yeah. Um. Which uh. Yeah. Which is always nice because it reminds me of one of the best shows on television. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's so wonderfully done that a movie. 
a movie containing horse people can feel so grounded and feel so um, relatable. Yeah, this film is real. And it, it asks you all the time what's real and what's not. But this film is super real. I, I, I think this is way more real than a lot of way more realistic films in which someone doesn't crash through their telemarketing desk into someone's room while they're having sex and say, sorry to bother you. You know, this the, the content of this film is real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and it's th- th- that kind of element, the intrusion of a capitalist company that's sort of growing into this 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 all-powerful entity it um the pervasiveness of it actually kind of reminded me of a movie that came out this uh came out last year it's only just reached the uk called possessor which i think i talked about a few episodes ago um it's a a movie by david cronenberg's son um, brandon cronenberg who's a really brilliant director in his own right um and in that if you have enough money, you can pay a company to take over the mind of someone and get them to kill somebody of your choosing. Um, and yeah, so, um, and it's all about, there's this very powerful message of tech surveillance, uh, tech conglomerates, and also the way that, that capitalist interests can kind of undermine and destroy you. So the main character is one of these assassins who's, personality is being eroded away by her job um but equally the person that she's taking over then has this job which is basically um invading people's lives in order to get data for this giant mysterious tech company (laughs) and it's it's the way that the two are intertwined and the way that it all intertwines in this very um almost cyberpunk horrible dystopian pure capitalist future is really powerful and quite disturbing and and this movie kind of has a a similar end result in making you feel uneasy about the control that these companies have over our lives Mm. yeah and that's the thing i'm sorry to bother you where he reveals the secret of the horse people and there there is obviously there is some rioting and ultimately when he becomes a horse person, he leads them to Steve Lift's house to get revenge, which is great. But he's saying that like they're they're making horse people and no one gives a shit. And that makes you think, would that actually be true if if we found out that Jeff Bezos was making horse people and using them to to make it to you know using them to make sure that that was how you got your next day or same day delivery on Amazon Prime. And it's like, well, currently, you know, that is done by workers who don't get proper breaks to take a piss or whatever. So it's like, what's the difference? You know, and that's why this film is so cutting and so important. And that's why the content of it is real, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, you've got these these um, villages of tents outside Amazon um, warehouses where people can't afford to live apart from in these tents outside where they work you know are is is being a horse person much worse in the situation that people find themselves in already when these companies dominate and are able to do whatever the hell they want and remember don't pay any fucking tax either yeah <laughs> the, the, these 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 companies are vampires stealing everything from us we don't get anything back by buying stuff from amazon that, no. that doesn't contribute to our economy. All it does is make Amazon more powerful. Yeah. it All it does is put more money in the pockets of Jeff Bezos so he can do nothing with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'd feel better about it if he was building a giant space laser. But no, he's just fucking sitting on it. 
Yeah. If everything is done for shareholders, for these companies that have tax loopholes, it means that they don't give anything back to the people who are buying things in the first place. Stonks and shareholders. They don't give anything back to the people who are making them the money. Look at fucking Spotify and how they don't give any money back to the creators of the music, which is actually what's keeping their platform afloat. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Daniel the Elk. He's got lots of money as well. All, all of these companies that we 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 focus on and that are seen as these great bastions of of um or oh, technological advancements they don't give anything fucking back to us and then they'll put their foot down and say yeah no we don't want to increase the minimum wage because if that happens bad things will happen we'll have to increase automation oh no newsflash assholes automation's coming anyway the yeah. moment that it becomes profitable you're for these working on it you maniacs <laughs> yeah if, if the moment that it becomes profitable for these companies to sack their entire workforce and replace them with some kind of robotics it's going to happen because they don't give a shit about you they don't give a shit about anyone apart from the bottom line for their shareholders that's the only thing that matters yeah genuinely like jeff bezos and elon musk they they do the scrooge mcduck thing in the evening they jump into their bath of money that's all they do with it. Yeah, they. You th- you think these people are going to give something back? You think about all the people that said they were going to give money to Notre Dame and never fucking did. Oh, God. All these all these fuckers care about is the 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 cash that they have, and the cash that they can create for themselves. Yeah, and fucking over anyone who gets in their way in order to get it. These people are vampires, not horse people. They're vampires. No, which is much worse. A vampire is much worse than a horse person. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they're not even cool vampires. And they're they're against wolf boys as well, so that's very bad. <laughs> and they're against wolf boys. Um, so yeah, fuck you, capitalism. Fuck you, billionaires. Yeah. Fuck you, army hammer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, there's a lot of um, fuck you in this film, isn't there? Not as much as in After We Collided, last week's film, where they're, <laughs> no, like, they're, they're shouting fuck and throwing bread rolls weekly at each other in the corridor of a hotel. But like this, this has a lot of people going, fuck you and fuck Regal View, which is the name of the company, and fuck Worry Free and whatever. Yeah, no, it's good. There's, um, there's, uh, yeah, no, there's lots of good swearing in this. Whereas, you know, you have the, the immature nonsense swearing of teenagers in After We Collided. This feels like genuine emotional swearing. Yeah, but which feels totally justified. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so, have you got anything else you'd like to share about this movie? Um, just that a moment that made me really, really laugh out loud is um, when Army Hammer gives him the horse powder line that it's cocaine, um, and you don't, you don't know. I think you don't know about the horse people yet. Yeah, you don't know about the horse people yet. But it preludes it in the most hilarious way, which is that he snorts it off of a plate, which has like a painting of a horse on it, and it says Mr. Bobo on it. That made me <laughs> lose my shit. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, no, there, there are some extremely funny moments in this movie, aren't there? Yeah, and there's a there's a character, or maybe it's just like someone who appears on TV on the news on one of the like fake adverts or something, but who is named Cynthia Rose, and I hope that that is a Prince reference. Do you know what <laughs> Prince song that references? No, what Prince song is that? It's the song Starfish and Coffee from the album. I think it's off Sign of the Times. And it's a song that Prince performed when he was on The Muppet Show. 
should look it up. It's magical. Um, and he does this whole thing. It was about like a song that he wrote about a girl in his class who like was a bit of an oddball, but always said she had starfish and coffee in her backpack. It's it's a lovely moment, and I hope that that was a Prince tribute, like a oh, I little Prince so. Easter egg. That'd be nice. It's one of the few Prince songs that I can play for my son because it doesn't have any sexual content in it. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> um. Anyway, right, I've got some trivia for you, if you cool, would like cool. some. So apparently Donald Glover was originally um, meant to be the lead of, uh, of Cassius Green. I can see that. able to do it because of Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, okay. Um, but then he recommended um, Lakeith Stanfield for the role instead, um, because he's his Atlanta co-star. Ah, I have heard good things about that show. Yeah, so have I. I've never watched it, but um, I've heard it's, heard it's very good. Um, so the movie was filmed in Oakland, um, during the summer of 2017, uh, concurrently with Blind Spotting, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, never seen um, that. Which also has elements of race and capitalism. Um, stars David Diggs, who I know you're a fan Oh, of. the main man. Um, it's a, yeah, very, very good film. Um, uh, apart from that, um, it's worth pointing out that Army Hammer is wearing contact lenses to make one of his eyes green. Huh, I didn't notice. Um, and of course that the horse people were mainly achieved with practical effects. Yeah. Which is always a good thing. Like they look real and they look gross. And that's so much better than having like CGI horse people running around. A hundred percent. It looks amazing, actually. They they really, really are absolutely grotesque in the best way. Yes, yeah. And and uh to talking of grotesque, going back to Army Hammer. Um, obviously Army Hammer and Lily James were both in this, who would go on to be in Rebecca. Oh yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, so that's it from, from trivia. So how are we going to rank this bad boy? Let's see. How many horse people are you bringing to Army Hammer's house to get revenge on him for being a bad man? (laughs) So I'm bringing a good army of 18 horse people. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a couple of points off just because maybe this movie's not as romantic as we normally cover on on the show. But, yeah. Um. This is a a wonderful film. It's so it good. makes good use of romance to yes, to advance yeah. its plot and to um, you know, give you something to root for in the the characters and their relationships. It really really helps the characterization and you know, romance against that backdrop is a wonderful thing, especially at, at the end um, as well. Just before he becomes a horse guy, <laughs> it feels like you're like, oh, this is actually really really nice. Suddenly he grows a horse face. Yeah, but sudden, like... <laughs> sudden horse, sudden Bojack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I'll give it an eighteen. It's a very very high score, but totally justified. It's a, it's a brilliant film, and I'd recommend it to anyone. Yes. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it. So how are you? How are we going to follow that? Well, I was going to do some forward planning, okay, to keep us fresh and in the loop with new releases. Are you okay with that? Is is this to do with Sandlyuary? <laughs> no, it is not. I know that's that's um, coming up later. It's not yeah. going to be in March, is it? That'll make it slouch. <laughs> lousy <laughs> slouch weather. Lousy slouch weather. Um, no, well. On Friday, the day that this episode comes out, um, To All The Boys 3, Always oh, yes. and Forever comes out. And I thought it won't be quite good, given that we've talked about 
the other movies in this series to jump on the train, get right on it, and talk about to all the boys for the next episode. Yes, that is that's exactly right. I totally forgot that it's Valentine's Day, so you might be listening to this on Valentine's Day. Happy Love Day, everyone! Oh shit! Happy Love Day, everybody! Yep. I hope you have lots of love. I hope you find as much love as I do for horsemen. Yep. I hope you have as much love as Jeff Bezos has for his literal Scrooge McDuck pile of coins. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, to all the boys always and forever is what we'll watch. Uh, a little nice. bit of something a bit lighter, but maybe good. The last Fingers one crossed. wasn't, but the first one I enjoyed. You know, what, what you hope is that the second one is kind of the middle one of the trilogy and therefore it's middling in every possible way. Whereas, you know, here we're going to get some closure. Will, will will the letters to all the boys arrive? Will Lana finally take down evil, uh, the evil leader of the dystopian future where all the boys fight? It's yeah. going to go down a sci-fi dystopian route. I know it. Yeah, it's got to happen. There's going to be horse guys. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be boxing robots. It's all going to be in there. Going to be Donald Sutherland sitting around being evil. Yeah. Director Snow. Director Snow, is that his name? President Snow. President Snow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, along comes uh, Lara Jean and is all like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up, buddy. Yeah. Here's my letter to you. F you. <laughs> yeah, just to ends. continue our tradition of watching films with a lot of fuck yous in them. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Let's let's see if it can round out the, the trilogy well. Yeah, me too. I think that's 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 the kind of shit that we like. Sorry, just knocking over a guitar there. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really appreciate it, and hope you enjoyed. Sorry to bother you if you haven't seen it before. If you have, um, hope you also enjoyed it. Either way, I hope you enjoyed slash enjoy it. It's really good. Yeah. What kind of human animal hybrid would you like to be? Let us know in the comments. Yeah, a beaver, a snake, a Bezos. You know, you you can take your pick. <laughs> yeah, whatever you whatever you desire. That's what we want to find out. Yeah, and you know, if you if you like the show, you like what we do. Please remember to rate, comment, and subscribe, and um, give us money if you want. There's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money. No subscription, nothing like that. Just think of it like like, like a tip jar, if you like. Yeah, I want to become a horseman, and this is how you can best support that goal. Yeah, please, fu- please fund Rob to become a horseman. Very, very important. Yeah. That's the only reason we're doing this show. So you know. Yeah, I want to cause a horseman riot. Yeah, Atari horseman riot. That's my <laughs> new band. <laughs> Excellent. All right, and we'll be back next week to talk about to all the boys they've loved before, always and forever. Is that the correct title? That is the correct title. Yes. Woo! I did it. All right, and happy love day, everyone. Happy love day. Bye. Bye.